The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Thank you for all of your text so far and the things in Edmonton that you would like to see improved or maybe you have a great idea, something that's not being done yet that you would love uh, to be done in this city. So we just talked with Ward 10 City Councillor Michael Walters. Uh, he was shining a spotlight on that, uh, you know, that south end of the city, especially that Ellerslie QE2 area, um, trying to, you know, get out of there, the traffic congestion. And we know that there's a lot of traffic congestion all around the city. So we're going to continue this conversation with Derek Hudson, who is the CEO of the Edmonton Economic Development Corporation. Uh, what do you think that Edmonton's economy needs to do in order to grow and thrive for future generations? Well, guess what? You have your chance to say, starting today, starting yesterday, Edmonton Economic Development Corporation has launched a citywide campaign asking for your input. Derek Hudson, the CEO of EEDC, joins us in studio once again. Hi, Derek. Hello, Jalen. Nice to see you back. Great to be back. All right, so... This, I mean, it's been a couple of months since you've been here, since you took over this job. First off, how's that going? From your perspective, from your chair in your perch, uh, what are you seeing about this city and, and what you're thinking? I think the city's gaining momentum, particularly in terms of confidence, in terms of talking about itself. And we're seeing some uh, really cool developments happen. Um, I think... Uh, Last year, we talked a lot about the opportunities in artificial intelligence. That's right. And now we've seen a number of deals announced, mm -hmm. uh, companies moving here or deals within uh, companies in Edmonton involved in AI that I think proved that point. Uh, but there's uh, there's something else. I don't know. I think it might be spring <laughs> and sunshine, getting our clean air back where we think this is a city that's going places. This mm -hmm. is a city that can do stuff. This is a city where you can raise a family and your kids can have uh, opportunities for the future. And that's really the purpose of this campaign. I don't know if you've seen any of the yeah. creative material. Yep. Small children in the... The uniforms yes. of potential future careers. Mm -hmm. We really want to talk about the, the future economy of Edmonton. All right. So um, this campaign has been launched. So what does that look like? Are you looking like for people just to spitball anything? You know, I love brainstorming. Yeah. Um, it's just that's one of the funnest things that I, that I do in my job and in my life to solve problems. So think of this as an opportunity to brainstorm with 1.4 million people mm -hmm. who all really care about the topic. If you think about it, you know, many of us are employees. A lot of us are business owners or maybe mm -hmm. investors uh, in the community, but we're all consumers. Mm -hmm. We all use the public services. We pay taxes. So we've all got a stake in what's going on in this economy. And I think people form opinions and have ideas and maybe they don't have a form for sharing <laughs> them. So that's what we're putting out there is an opportunity for people to give us their ideas on how to make our economy even more prosperous and even more resilient and how do we design that future. So not necessarily, we're not looking at infrastructure. We're not talking about roads here. We're not talking about, you know, you know, getting that uh, flow on 111th Street or that, that damn merge spot on 111th and the Hendy. We're not talking about that. We're talking about what is going to be economic drivers in the years to come. Yeah, economic drivers is, uh, is the topic. Um, you know, we can defer pothole <laughs> conversations to Councillor Walters. Um, and, but we, I, I, do want, I don't want to minimize that yeah. we do need solid infrastructure. Yeah. You know, and one of the things, for example, we've, we've identified when we compare ourselves to other cities is the value of a ring road. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for, the, for so long, we're like, when is this ever going to get done? 
Now we're completely used to it. Can't figure out how we did without it. Yeah. But that's a way to move goods around the city that is mm. that provides uh, economic opportunity for our city. So I don't want to like not okay. talk about infrastructure, but we're, really what we are looking for is any ideas on how to drive our economy forward. That's right. So, and it's interesting because someone said, you know, we, we almost need another ring road now. We've gro- almost grown out of uh, of this one already and yeah it was it was amazing when when that's first started to be built it seemed like it took forever now that it's here it's great i can you can get to anywhere pretty much well in a somewhat short amount of time but yeah how did we live without it people have been suggesting you know that space now in between the outside to where we're growing now that could be another thing and you know we've got to start you know, you look at it and go, right now, immediately, this would be a great idea. But we know that that's going to take 20, 30 years down the road to do it. So if we're not talking about it now, it's not going to get done a decade from now. Absolutely. It takes a long time to do those projects. So the city of Edmonton has launched its new strategy process, and it's about 2050. Yeah, wow. Wow. And what kind of a community do we need in 2050? And we're talking about what does Metro Edmonton look like when there's 2 million people? Yeah. What do you think it looks like? Well, you know, (laughs) I work downtown. Yeah. And uh, I went to City Hall four times in the last two days. Mm. And I took four different routes because 100 Street's closed. And they're they're putting up hoarding and cages and... and, the LRT's going through there yeah. and the library construction, all that kind of stuff. And so I think some of the construction will be done. <laughs> in 2050? In 2050. <laughs> Gosh, I hope and, so. <laughs> uh, and we'll be able to to really enjoy mm-hmm. um, the way uh, a big city works. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll go back a bit. Um, I was a university student when the, the first LRT opened. Wow. Uh, I just started university uh, right after the Commonwealth Games mm. in 78. And I lived uh, near Southgate Mall. And I remember thinking, you know, I wonder if by the time I graduate from university, I'll be able to take the train to school. Yeah. Uh, so that didn't happen. At that point, the train went from Central Station to yeah. Coliseum, right? Yeah, that was about it. Um, so it didn't happen, but my kids yes. <laughs> were able to take... In fact, my, my son, the youngest who's still in school takes the train from the south side to the university and it's it's smooth and seamless and it makes that area work like it otherwise wouldn't so we have to be patient but i I certainly see a city that works that's integrated it's going to be far more dense Mm -hmm. we can't take take up this much space for the next million people Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but it's it's dense in a way that um i think still creates awesome lifestyles. Yeah. Well, Councillor Walters was yeah. was was talking he, he did mention about trying to make it more attractive for people to to live and work in in the core. And we've been hearing that for years now and I and I brought up the fact that you know there's there's some people who just don't want to live uh, downtown or don't want to live in in Phil or in in older neighbors that are being or neighborhoods that are being built up. And again, I know this is somewhat different, but you know, my my kid just moved back from from Tokyo and him, him and his wife, you know, got a condo right downtown they take the train everywhere. It's a different way of thinking compared when they come out to our place where you've got an acre, you've got trees, your neighbors aren't right on top of you. They love that idea, but they love having the ability to get wherever they want to go closely and that vibe of, of downtown. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and you know, when we keep talking about making it a place where we want to attract more young people, that is something that ne- really needs to be looked at. Well, it's, you know, that bike lane conversation. Oh, boy. I hear you talking about infrastructure, but what we hear from tech companies mm. is if you can't 
uh, provide the kinds of amenities that young tech workers want, mm-hmm. then you're not going to be successful in attracting the businesses and the, and the people. And so if we are focusing on AI and more tech in this, in this city, which we have been and having some great success at it, it's just not... That's just not one point. There's many layers yeah, to this. There's many, isn't there? there's many layers to that. Um, you know, Edmonton is one of the youngest cities in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the fastest growing cities, and it does have just whatever this. It's the Goldilocks moment, this <laughs> sweet spot of having enough economic opportunity while still a fairly low cost of living. Mm-hmm. And so we want to we want to maintain that, and um, then provide people choices to have a more suburban lifestyle. Uh, or uh, mm-hmm. downtown lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So um, folks who have an idea, folks mm-hmm. who um, are listening to this right now and say, okay, you know what, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to fire off a, a message to the Economic Development Corporation. I'm hoping that Derek's going to read it someday. Where do they go? So we've uh, set up a website, uh, futureyeg.ca. That's futureyeg.ca. And uh, the way we're setting this up is there's a survey. Mm-hmm. Don't okay. be... Please, listeners, don't be uh, um, over. I guess uh, overwhelmed by the idea of a survey. Okay. Don't be deterred. It's two questions. Oh, okay. And the questions are basically: tell us about what you think the economy should look like for the next generation, mm. and then give us your ideas on how we should improve things right now. Okay, so it's not you're not sitting down there for thirty minutes stuck answering A, B, C, yeah, or D. Okay, and, uh, it's your real opportunity. Somewhat likely, more than less than <laughs> likely, whatever. And it's not that. It's we want we want those ideas, and then we're putting together a structured way of pulling that data together, and looking for themes and analyzing it. Uh, we want all kinds of data points. The more, the better. Mm-hmm. As, as I said, this is brainstorming. And then we're going to take from that themes, look at that idea of economic drivers, and then look at what are what things are getting in the way mm. of those economic drivers that could be uh, dealt with or eliminated. Any ideas already on that front? Um, here's <laughs> a, yeah, I have a couple, but I, you know, I don't want to, um, uh, I don't want to Skew anything, okay. Skew anything, yeah, yeah. but right. I'll just give you, I'll, I'll just put a topic out there okay. that, that, uh, that people may want to weigh in on. And that is one of the drivers that we've identified uh, is the need in a new economy for highly talented, highly educated workers. People who are flexible, adaptable, creative, mm-hmm. have great skills. Um, I think Edmonton's been the beneficiary of that kind of flow of people for over 100 years because of the University of Alberta mm-hmm. and, then, and because of Nate and because of the other post-secondary institutions that we have. But I don't know that we've collectively put our minds to how do you really leverage that driver? Uh, attracting students to the city uh, from Alberta, the rest of Canada, the rest of the world, retaining them when they're here, making sure they have there's enough seats mm-hmm. for the programs that are really relevant to Edmonton's economy and then how do we hang on to for example foreign students who might get their education mm-hmm. make connections in the community adapt to the culture uh, and then not be eligible to continue to live in Canada yeah yeah and you go you go all the way back to that and so the first thing I'm just writing I was scribbling down as you were talking so that you, you start looking about even things about going back to tuition tuition at universities affordable housing what? making sure that there's 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 places for people to stay that's right um, you know uh, tuition um, the, the number of actual 
program mm-hmm, seats. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we tell kids, you know, st- stay in school, study hard in high school, and then you can have your choice of careers yeah. in university. But when there's 500 applicants for 100 positions, yeah, um, like we may, we may be letting some stuff pass by where we could hang on to these people here, and they they may go on a successful careers because they're able to get into another institution, but we might not get them back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And so are you going to be talking to some business uh, businesses as well, other you know, stakeholders, just not Edmontonians? Yeah, absolutely. So Edmontonians are really important. As yep. I said, everyone's invested in the economy, but we're also uh, targeting different uh, different businesses, business groups, other partners, not for pro- or, you know quasi-government organizations like the airport and the universities. Yep. Uh, we're partnering. We've got a session next week with the Chamber of Commerce. Okay. And uh, and so there's some opportunities. I'm going to do you know some one-on-one conversations as well. And uh, we just want to use every avenue possible to, to get the ideas in at this point. And then I think it's important to appreciate that as we collect these ideas and put them in themes and look at those drivers, we're going to reflect that back to this community, back to this audience, particularly people who have uh, who've signed up at mm-hmm. futureyeg.ca and say, this is what we heard. Did we get it right? Okay. What do you think? You know, I've got, it's on my, uh, it's on my uh, whiteboard in my office that I was th- kind of thinking about a flow of initiatives that can improve our economy. And I had uh, two boxes you have to check before you get to like Project Go. And one is sort of like market need or market mm-hmm. acceptance. And the other is community acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. And so the community can say, hey, we should do this. This is a great idea. And we can go out to the market and the market can say, yeah. you know, stick it in your ear. We don't, uh, we're not <laughs> going to buy that. On the other hand, if we come up with some ideas that the market says, this is really what we need. And our community says, you know, not here. Mm. Then we have to respect that as well. So let's have that conversation now. All right. Hold on a second. I need to take a break here. Derek Hudson, the CEO of Edmonton Economic Development Corporation, joining me in studio. The survey is future at is at futureyeg.ca. You can check it out. Two questions to answer. What does Edmonton's economy need in order for it to grow and thrive? And number two, describe Edmonton's ideal economy as it should look a generation from now. More with Derek right after this. We're in studio with Derek Hudson, the CEO of Edmonton Economic Development Corporation, and uh, EDC has launched a citywide campaign asking for your input on what you believe Edmonton's economy needs in order to grow and thrive for future generations. This is interesting, Derek. I just had a text that comes in, and it says, it seems like they don't consider that Edmonton is a winter city 70% of the year. And I think that's just kind of a, a ballpark thing. I think we oftentimes think, oh, well, we can do this, we can do this, but we not necessarily maybe grasped uh, grabbed hold of the fact of it being a winter city there's small steps being taken but i think we could do better there as well well absolutely and like i would first dispute the 70 (laughs) percent because we need to talk positively about our weather we we choose to to stay i know or people would move here um knowing the weather or having experienced the weather we stay here and there's a there's a balance to all this and it adds up to a whole lot of fun yeah. in a whole lot of different ways through four seasons. So our tourism division has picked this up. We talk about a 52-week calendar. So that's 52 weeks of fun you can have in Edmonton. Mm. Uh, and we also market Edmonton as a winter city. Uh, we look particularly at the cities and uh, in Europe where we have direct connections. So we can go to Iceland and we can mm-hmm. go to Amsterdam. And then who can we get to hop on the plane and come here in the winter 
to experience something that's new to them that we take for granted. I love the idea of these Nordic spas. I am just, I think that these are some of the greatest couple of ideas that I've that I've heard of for Edmonton in recent years. Well, absolutely. There's, I mean, you know, hot tubs are oh, nice. Yeah. Hot tubs after being outside uh-huh. in winter weather all day. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that, mm-hmm. th- those two don't even compare. Yeah. And so, uh, fantastic idea. Let's embrace this cold, slippery part of ice and snow, <laughs> and then let's hot it, hop in a warm hot tub after and uh, and enjoy that as well. So I like, you know, idea. some of the the skate, you know, people have talked about the ski paths and, and skate paths and, and all of that. So, okay, so how long do people have to go take this survey for? We're going to run this all summer. All summer, and so, then when it's all said and done, you're going to take we're gonna, it? We're going to feed it back to the people. So I guess I already talked about that. Uh, we've... Uh, got a responsibility to report to city council. Okay, that's what I wanted to know, yeah. Yeah, so report to city council on the strategy, but I think I want to make it clear that this is this is Rev 1 of an ongoing conversation. Um, you know, one of the things that we do at EEDC through, our, through Startup Edmonton is help uh, people with ideas start mm-hmm. companies. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we teach them is that you need to start with a test product and then take it to the market and then iterate. Yeah. Uh, because you just don't know how it's going to... It's a new product. Consumers don't know how to deal with it. So you try it on them, and then customers give you all this great feedback, and then you, the Rev2 is way better. Yeah. And you go from yeah. There. And so this strategic conversation, in my mind, is going, going to continue uh, from this Rev to the next Rev and, and continue to uh, test our ideas and refine them. Um, the other thing that I'm thinking is... As I said, we, you know, we look at these drivers and what's blocking something. So we'll pick one, the biggest priority. We'll crack that, and then we'll go, what's priority two? Is it still what we thought was priority two if things change? And then let's get on that. And that's something that I see our organization needs to be a bit more agile mm-hmm. uh, in that strategic context to move to where the next opportunity is. I, I think it's important that people realize, too, that it's not uh, clicking your heels together, wiggling your nose and waving your magic wand and things are done. And again, this is not necessarily you know, about what we can do next month. This is this is long-term. Sure. And, and I think some people have troubles wrapping their head around long-term because they want to see things done immediately, but you know, that's a, that's a huge challenge. You know, we talk with you, talk with Michael Walters, it's got to be over years and years and years and and make that plan and yeah. get it in writing, get it firm. It, when we talk about infrastructure infrastructure at the beginning, infrastructure by its nature yeah. takes a long time. Yeah. Uh, but another thing that takes a long time to change is culture. Yeah, absolutely. And so if by having this conversation, we start to move that culture forward a little bit in terms of what's possible, how positively Edmontonians think of their city, how involved they are, and um, how how creative and entrepreneurial yep. entrepreneurial we are about the ideas that we have. I think th- that culture can develop. I mean, I've, I've seen it change over the 35 years I've been in business, but I can see us getting to an even better place, that mature place, that yeah. that two million, yeah. two million person city where it's, we get stuff done. So, Chedville, here's your chance. Stop your complaining. Stop your moaning. Stop your, oh, nobody ever listens to me. This is your chance to go to this website, futureyeg.ca, and uh, put forth your ideas going straight to the Edmonton Economic Development Corporation to take a look at, to consider. Uh it's a, it's really an opportunity for you to weigh in on the future of the city. It is. That's exactly what it is. And and the and the city that you want from for your kids, for your grandkids. Derek, always great to talk to you. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Jalen.